Welcome back. You're watching Stockwatch with me, Julieta Televi, and joining me to take your stock-related questions this evening are David Shapiro from Sassman Securities and Wayne McCurry from F&B Wealth and Investments. If you'd like to send questions, please SMS 41392, email stockwatch at bdtv.co.za, or uh, you can tweet us at Business Day TV using the hashtag Stockwatch. David, Wayne, good evening to you both. Uh, David, I may start with you, uh, seeing as you're back from your jaunt uh, from the Kruger Park. Uh, it was a bit of a rocky day on the JC, and it was... It was quite hard to discern why certain shares did what they did. Um, the market seemed all over the place, to be honest. A lot of shares went ex-dividend. Okay. So you had Standard Bank, APSA, uh, Sassel, if I can remember, DRD and NRP, uh, Nepi, uh, Rockcastle. So some of the falls in the index were perhaps a little exaggerated. And then you had this odd deal that we're going to go through this week, which is the the NASPERS uh, process, you know, the unbundling of the cross holdings. So if you saw process fall by about, I don't know, 125,000% or something, don't worry. It's, uh, it's, it's just that there's, uh, you, you're getting, um, 1.17 odd new shares for every one that you got. So you, you know, you, you have to divide it. So don't, don't, don't even panic. look at your nice person process until Monday. <laughs> you know, just okay. ignore what's happening. And Monday, everything will be right and your accounts will be, pro- you know, will, will reflect the proper kind of value. So okay. it, it's all part of this, uh, you know, the, the, the taking away the cross holdings. Yeah. Wayne, um, you tweeted a little bit earlier that you had the U.S. inflation numbers out, which are a little worse than expected, but the market didn't actually do much in reaction to that. What, what do you think no. that signifies? Look, I mean, when I say a little bit worse, the, the, the core inflation, you're talking 0.1 of a percent, you know, where, where, it, where it was a little bit worse. So the market didn't really react to that. And um, last time I looked, the markets were, you know, flat, essentially. So, look... We're all hoping for better news from the U.S. inflation because that will certainly give the market direction upwards. But, yeah, it just came out, you know, slightly higher than expected. But, you know, obviously the market did certainly at the time that I last looked didn't seem too worried about that. Yeah. So one of the issues um, is the higher oil price. Uh, and you can see uh, yes. there are potentially, well, cutbacks in production announced by Russia and Saudi Arabia because they want to prop it up. And actually a viewer says, forget about Sassel. My Shell stock is on the move. Uh, where do we find more energy offshore stocks that would potentially outperform? Is that something that we should be looking at, especially if there is going to be, excuse me, an intention to prop up the oil price? It- Hmm. Come and sneeze say we hear from my sneezing fit, okay? <laughs> uh, we had to see the full sneeze first. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I just be careful. Um, I'm not sure. I, I don't think the forecasts of oil price to be a lot higher. And I still think there's deep concerns uh, around the strength of the global economy and demand. And, and, you know, while Brent is, what, 92 and WTI is 87, the two different oil prices, I don't think there's a view that this is going to go a lot higher. And so I don't think the panic is, is really there. Otherwise, you would have seen it with the inflation numbers, as Wayne said today. You would have seen the U.S. markets coming under a lot of pressure. You would have seen rates in the U.S. coming down. It's so difficult to read uh, the oil price, particularly that it's, uh, you know, OPEC has – 
so much control over it. But we also don't know the nuances. We don't really know what's happening beside the, uh, you know, um, outside of uh, the published numbers, what the production is really like. So I, I'm not, I'm not panicked by it. I wouldn't really go into, you know, I know energy is an, an area that one should go in, but just be a little bit careful about mm. it. Uh, Wayne, would you be similarly circumspect? Uh, I mean, do you think, you know, oil oil shares or energy stocks were the place to be in the last couple of years? Uh, certainly people like Warren Buffett did very well out of them. But do you think maybe it's not an obvious slam dunk anymore? Look, who knows in the shorter term that we know that the current price at 92 odd is artificially propped up by you know, supply constraints. But medium to longer term, there's been no investment in uh, new oil fields and new production. So just very roughly, we use 100 million barrels a day. Demand grows by one million, uh, one one million barrels, uh, you know, on on average per year. But about two million barrels fall off as the wells get old and they yield less or they go dry. So you've got to find three million, four million barrels extra each each year to actually just meet demand. And although electric cars are obviously going to make an impact, you know, it will only truly be felt probably in a decade's time, if not longer. Mm. So in the medium term, let's say three to five years, I think we're going to see a significantly higher oil price. I mean, oil could go, who knows, 110, 120, 130, somewhere around there. And I think it could do it quite comfortably because this, this is one of the, the commodities where you can't just turn on the taps where there's been no exploration whatsoever in getting new yeah. oil discoveries, etc. So, you know, shorter term, I've got, I've got no idea, but longer term, the outlook is actually quite positive. But is that not a bad um, case for inflation and ergo interest rates? Surely that upends one's expectations that interest rates are going to be cut. No, not. I mean, they, we, we, we have still got to feel in inflation the slump in commodity prices that probably hasn't really come through in total yet. Um, in the finished goods, but it's a normal cycle. I mean, oil has done this quite often, and because demand normally is, is so suppressed by uh, the higher interest rate, it takes a while for that to come through, and it takes a while for wage inflation to come through. So, you know, oil inflation, energy is relatively small in the overall inflation basket. The overall inflation basket essentially is food interest rates and other consumer-related uh, purchases. You know, it's not Oil's not really all that big. Mm. Okay. Uh, moving on uh, to a company, I suppose, that is in some way affected by what happens to fuel prices is uh, SA Taxi and uh, Transaction Capital, which had another terrible day. Um, and the viewer says, surely Transaction Capital cannot continue to be sold down just because of the forced departure of the CEO. Is there still no value in the businesses that Transaction Capital has? The taxi issue is now old news. What continues to sell down the stock so heavily? David? Um, what do you think? Probably on a breakup value, you know, you'd find we buy cars and the other businesses, uh, the debt collection uh, side of it. Um, yeah, probably more than the, the market is trading at the moment, but sentiments against the company. You know, no one's quite sure what's happening. The taxi business is probably worthless. Um, they have a huge amount of outstanding debt uh, or money owed to them by taxi owners. Um, the repossessions are just getting out of control. You know, they can't, they can't actually process them and, uh, resell them. So there, there's a lot of troubles in that business. Um, and even we buy cars under a lot of pressure as well. I think 
what's happening is that margins there are falling. Not, the, the volumes are probably good, but the problem is you're selling uh, lower price motor cars. You know, they go for very old cars and that, and the margins are uh, a lot lower. So, uh, or sorry, the, the prices are falling. So you might be selling the name number of cars, but not getting the rand. So I, I just think when you see a business like this, just step away. You know what I mean? You don't you don't have to try and find a bottom or try and find a bargain. Or this is a or the or the kind of thing that Buffett said. You know, the last puff of a cigar or a, or a stompy or something. Just leave it. There are plenty of other businesses to go for. So don't try and find the bottom here. You know, we we saw it with Steinoff. Not that this is a Steinoff or anything. You know, you've seen it in so many other companies, the EOHs, the Nampacks, and everybody's trying to find the bottom and to try and make that killing. And all that happens is it eventually kills you. Yeah. Mm. I mean, Wayne, you, I, I know you have a slightly different take from David on transaction capital. Is the nervousness around the share price the fact that you, you can't double disappoint investors? So, you know, they, they came out with a horror yes. trading update in March. And at that point, you want it, all the bad news to be there. And then, and then you disappoint them further. That's kind of a, a proper no-no. Yeah. I mean, do you, do you think people are seeing this in the same light? I mean, David talks about Steinhoff as they maybe did African Bank. Is this company going to be crushed by its debts? Or do you think it will actually manage to salvage itself? Look, there are, I mean, clearly you don't expect. I certainly didn't expect that I was wrong on this. I certainly didn't expect another trading update saying things are going to be worse than the disaster scenario showed in, 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 in the trading update. Because normally when companies do it, they do what's called kitchen sinking. They provide for absolutely every single thing that could possibly go wrong in total. And then that's you get it done one off and then that's it. And then they recover from that. That would be the, the typical deep value type of um, in, in investing, I suppose. But to say things are going to be worse than what we told you they're going to be, and then, you know, the CEO also just goes, and that was a very. I, I read your tweet on that. It was yeah. It wasn't didn't show much empathy there. That's for sure. But we buy cars is going through a cyclical downturn because of high interest rates. There's nothing wrong with that business. The debt business is a good business. So there are still some good businesses there, and the breakup value is probably quite a bit higher than. Uh, the current share price, but yeah, market doesn't like double disappointments ever. Yeah. Yeah, no, I felt quite sorry for David Hurwitz, but I suppose, uh, I mean, he can also justifiably take the flack from investors to say, well, he sold all, <laughs> a whole bunch of shares in December at a much higher price, and here we are left carrying the can. So, um, uh, yeah, um, uh, maybe that's the reason why the Senate statement uh, at his resignation was so curt. Uh, another question, where is the right place to position yourself to get some exposure to the healthcare value chain in SA Inc.? David? <laughs> is there a healthcare value chain? <laughs> you have well, a nice choice. The... You've got Adcock and you've got Aspen. You might have Life. Um, what else is there? Uh, Netcare. So. Netcare. I, I, I don't. I don't know whether there's a, a really attractive. Which one? Afrocentric. Oh, Afrocentric. Yeah, yeah. That goes up and down ten percent every day. I know Sundam is exposed there, but I don't know. You know, I was disappointed in Aspen's numbers. I know that they're promising a second half. Um, Adcock seems to be okay. It's probably the best choice uh, at the moment. But I, I don't think there's anything really appealing 
um, at, at, at the moment. You know, even the hospital groups, you've got NHI overhanging, not that this will ever, ever happen, but the act will go through parliament and everybody's going to panic and worry about private health care. But, oh, discovery is the other one. Uh, discovery, if you can understand their results, you know, you can <laughs> add that to, the, <laughs> you know, um, but, um, I don't know. I'm, I, it's, it's not that, uh, it's not that easy to find something, you know, something really juicy to get into. Mm. When uh, another player I was thinking about is actually Dischem, which has just launched, um, oh. a medical insurance product. And I kind of wondered if that yeah, is, look, um, I mean, Dischem, Dischem's more of a retailer than, you know, and then, they make more money from the non-pharmaceutical part of their business because everything's single exit pricing. But I, I think Adcox is good, but I mean, that's not really medical value chain. That's also a lot of fast-moving consumer goods type of thing. So, yeah, they, I, I agree with David. There's nothing, doesn't look like anything terribly exciting there at all. Mm. Okay. Um, sorry. This I must tell you that neither, yeah. even the U.S., Medical devices, medical pharmaceutical companies haven't done well. The only ones are for the fatty drugs, you know, for uh, obesity and uh, what do you call it? And um, uh, diabetes. You know, that's going, that's going diabetes crazy in, the, in, in, yeah, in Europe Eli now. Eli Lilly and, and Nova Nordisk have gone absolutely mad. Eli Lilly is now top, I think it's a top 10 company in terms of capitalization. The, the share price has just rocketed on the sale of those drugs, you know. Uh, endorsed by celebrities, you know. <laughs> so, Everyone in Holly yeah. Hollywood. In fact, actually, um, both The Guardian and I think it was The Times or The Telegraph had fascinating articles in the last week about Novo Nordisk, which is the Danish company oh. that makes a Zempic, um, about how Novo Nordisk single-handedly has rescued the Danish economy from recession. It's, it's really mm. fascinating. But I presume that at this point it's probably too late to buy in now because now you're just buying mm -hmm. the tail end of the hype. No, it just keeps going up and up, and everybody's you know, just just heading upwards. I love those kind of stocks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, Wayne, would you buy? Okay, <laughs> moving aside from the bull here. Um, look, I, I mean, I, I heard the story that uh, they actually over one the company that sells the the weight loss drug overtook LMVH as the biggest company in Europe. Yeah. I must admit, I'm I'm a little bit cautious there. Uh, yeah, I've I've never been a great believer in you know companies that don't actually support their share price with profits. Mm. Okay. Oh, this this makes lots of profits. Yeah, but 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 it's the rating of that profits. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, then a uh, company uh, twelve sorry. months. It's up. Just Nova Nordisk. I'm looking. This is in its own currency, which would be I don't know what. Uh, Scandinavian currency. Danish this is, Krona, but I mean, I this is, yeah, this is up five hundred and thirty percent year to date. Up four hundred and thirty percent. That's 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 a good stock. <laughs> yeah, that's a proper return. Uh, yeah, no, Nvidia is only up two hundred and thirty. This is uh, this is a killer. <laughs> Well, you know, uh, you can never be too rich or too thin, I think is what Joanne Bainham said, and you've got LVMH and Nova Nordisk there. Um, a question on City Lodge. Um, they released very positive results on Monday. Mm. The market hasn't responded. Why is it valued at sort of uh, less than uh, uh, 5 PE? Occupancies, room rates, and revenue up from 2018, 2019, yet their share price is a fraction um, thereof. What's the panel's thoughts? Uh, David? I, I think... 
I, I think we're still getting used to it. I don't think the market is fully adjusted to the fact that uh, uh, things have picked up. I know the occupancy rates are back to 58 56%. They still got a lot of debt that they undertook that they have to repay. Um, so, you know, that, they've got issues there. But I, you know, if this continues, um, they'll, you know, like uh, Sun International, um, they're very attractive. I mean, they are in very low PEs and that. Uh, David, I have to um, take ish, uh, differ with you. I mean, City Lodge, as I understand, is actually doesn't have debt now. They said they're in a 28 million rand cash position. So have they? Have they offset all their debt? Because uh, I know I that there, yeah. were, there were huge. Uh, yeah, I have to apologise because I didn't. Uh, I haven't looked through the full set of results there. But um, I, you know, it, it's probably going to take time for for people to to get confidence, uh, um, you know, back again. If you looked at Sun International in a similar vein, uh, the numbers were very, very good, and that was all on the hospitality side. And I'm a great believer that come December, there's going to be people are not going to travel. Mm. I mean, they're not going to travel outside the country. It's just too expensive. So you can expect uh, local resorts to be packed. Yeah. Uh, Wayne, this has been your thesis, and you've been very bullish on on the tourist operators in South Africa, so Sun International in particular. As far as City yes. Lodge is concerned, do you think uh, would you buy it at this level? It's pretty cheap. Do you think it's going to get less cheap? <laughs> in other words, um, that the market might start finally paying it some attention. No, I would. I would think um, that. We're probably over the worst there because that because the whole. Um, the whole value chain, the whole occupancy rates and everything is actually picking up quite nicely. So I think whatever share price weakness there was going to be has probably happened or already. Mm. I have to say I had quite a nice interview with Andrew Widiger, uh, the CEO. So that's in the Financial Mail tomorrow. A little sneaky punt there. So um, maybe one should have a look at that. Um, then a question mm. on... Um, Mr. Price, the viewer says, can you ask your panel's view on it? It looks like it's a double bottom. Is this a good time to buy? Um, David, I know you have a, a fleeting glance at technical sometimes. Mr. On, Price. Uh, Mr. Price, yeah. Double bottom. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have to see that. Nah, oh, no, that's not a proper double bottom, that. It's, it's got to bounce off this first, you know. It's it's still winding its way down, and and I think it's it's got to kind of pick up from these these levels. It's strange that it still looks like it's uh, under quite a bit of pressure, um, having come from I don't know what's 240 rand to wherever it is at the moment. Um, I don't know. I'm still I'm still skeptical, particularly against what we're seeing in our economy at the moment uh, with. Stage six load shedding and uh, you know concerns about debt, um, sorry revenue collection and so on. I still remain very very concerned about uh, the retail sector. I know we might see the end of uh, rate hikes and rates might start coming down, but you can just wait a little longer. You don't have to call that bottom yet, mm. and certainly not the double bottom yet. Yeah, Wayne, your thoughts mm -hmm. on Mr. Price? Look, the apparel people, you know, they have taken a bit of strain obviously with the state of the economy but i think it's a reasonably valued share 
You know, you can only buy it, obviously, when, you know, it will only show upside, I think, when interest rates actually start to fall and they start to make more sales and people have got more money, but it's certainly reasonably valued. Mm. Yeah, uh, interest rates falling and a decrease in load shedding, mm. I suppose, would be, those are the, the catalysts, really, that one needs. Uh, then uh, a viewer asks about uh, your thoughts on Textana versus Grindrod shipping. <laughs> I don't know if you have any particular thoughts on these two companies. We're not shipping as uh, that foxes me because it's been under such pressure. One would have assumed that a company that deals in ships and sells them and buys them and so on uh, would have made money. Particularly that it's that it's a dollar type stock. I think it's it's uh, I don't know where it's listed in Nasdaq or or Singapore or somewhere else. But it's just been a perennial underperformer. And for reasons that I can't understand, you know, it's uh, it just hasn't come. You know, everybody thought this would be a big gain, particularly with Iran at these levels, but mm. it just hasn't done anything. And Textana, I can't really. I, mm. I, I, I haven't got a grip on that one. I mean, Textana had a fabulous uh, pandemic, as I recall. It yeah. it just went bonkers, and that was partly on shipping rates which, you know, went to stratospheric levels. But as you say, Grindrod shipping has just been kind of on a one-way track down. Uh, Wayne, do you think, uh, do you have any views on To be on honest, I can't, I can't add much value on either of them. I haven't looked at them for a very long time. Grindrod shipping is down 56% this year. Mm. Why? You know, <laughs> maybe, maybe that, you know, rates have fallen quite dramatically. I don't know whether... Uh, the freight rates have fallen, whether they're not filling the ships with cargo or whatever they do, but that's, you know, they're forever buying and selling ships. So one would have imagined that they're making profit on these, but uh, I don't know that market well enough. But, but uh, you know, that's a big, big fall. Yeah. And we've got the chart up of Textana Holdings, which is completely the opposite situation. It's had a really good year. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, Okay, unfortunately, certainly my, uh, my colleague Mark Hassenfuss does sometimes write about um, Textana and Grindrod in the FM, so maybe I'll, I'll prompt him uh, on, a, on an article. Um, WBHO, very quickly before your stock picks, please can the panel give their thoughts on the results and the outlook for the group? Seemed to have strong results, performed well uh, in flavour of the year, renewables, the share price didn't really see any love. Yeah. Well, look, the, 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 okay, divide the results into two sections, the continuing operations and the discontinued operations. The continuing operation, you know, turnover was nice, profit was good, order books growing, so that all looks quite nice. And the discontinued operation went from a 3 billion rand loss to a 100 million rand loss. Mm-hmm. You know, so they're obviously massive swing in the profitability of the group. But uh, I think the market's still very, very concerned about the building and construction. I mean, there's them and Raubex left. Mm. Yeah, you know, so anyone still on the board? Yeah, yeah I mean that's a, that's a, a deep value play. Yeah, although to its credit, it has pulled itself. It's yes. pulled itself it right. It's actually it is had a pretty good year after after you know having yes. you know had a really shocker of a year in twenty twenty two. Correct. The, the problem is where where to from here? You know that's where um you know where's the business going to come from i think they've been hurt they're certainly not going back to australia yeah they're not going um, back there <laughs> I, I just all of, all of the companies there are still battling i still also sentiment against them you know you've got to see spend and you yeah. want to see spend in south africa for that to take off uh, yeah. you know, anyway 
Okay, um, 40 seconds left for your stock picks uh, for, for the both of you. Um, David, very quickly, what's yours? I've, I'm going on. ARM comes on the market tomorrow. I love this oh. business. I've been watching it. And, and yeah, there's a lot of criticism, a lot of detractors, but I think the, uh, the enthusiasm around it is just going to lift it. And it's wonderful to have a, a, another RPO, especially one that's focused on AI. So, yeah. Hmm. Uh, Wayne, okay. how about you? <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I thought Dad was pumping, pump, pumping African rainbow minerals. Yeah, I thought that was uh, <laughs> I was quite sure who we were talking to. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going, as coincidentally with talking about oil, I'm going for a company, Expro, and they help you do your welds and the technology of the welds and the lining of the welds, very technology-focused in the oil industry or the, for the, the, the actual producers who have oil welds. Uh, looks... Quite, quite good. Share price, I think, looks, looks quite it's cheap. Right. Yeah. Okay, we shall leave it there. David Wayne, thanks very much for joining us. As always, David Shapiro is from Assassin Securities. Wayne McCurry is from FNB Wealth and Investments. Up next to the close, stay with us.